Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for July the 10th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry, hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week to bring you the hottest news you need to know. So if you enjoy the show and you like what you see, subscribe on youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media or you can check out the show on a podcast service near you, which I guess technically they're all near you because they're all largely on your phone and or uh, laptop. So you know, log in, do what you need to do. Uh, But today is a very exciting day for me because Far Cry 6 has been leaked and on top of that, it has been confirmed to be getting more information this weekend. The Hong Kong PlayStation Store has leaked a bunch of Far Cry 6 details. The game is coming to PS4 and PS5 on February the 18th, and owners of the PS4 version will also get a free copy on PS5. Far Cry 6 is likely coming to other platforms. I would go ahead and put an asterisk here and say it is coming to other platforms, but the information here is based on what is available on the PlayStation Store. As recently leaked Breaking Bad's Giancarlo Esposito is indeed the main villain, and you can even see his character on the front cover. In Far Cry 6, you play as Danny Rojas, who fights a guerrilla war against tyrant Anton Castillo, played by Esposito and his son Diego. Castillo is described as a ruthless dictator who wants to restore the country to its former glory by any means. The game is set in the fictional country of Yara, a tropical paradise frozen in time. Ubisoft says Yara is Far Cry's biggest world ever, featuring jungles, beaches, and the metropolitan capital of Esperanza. The description also talks about employing guerrilla tactics against Casillo's forces, like using makeshift weapons and vehicles, and Far Cry 5's Fangs for Hire, which allow players to recruit the help of animal friends, returns now simply referred to as Amigos. Ubisoft had likely planned to reveal Far Cry 6 to the world at Ubisoft Forward this Sunday, but the game will obviously still show up, however the surprise has undoubtedly been ruined. And of course, the team at VG247 will bring you more details as they are announced. So first and foremost, I am so glad to see Far Cry 6 is going to be returning to the Tropical Paradise style location, Uh, and it sounds like there is going to be a much wider variation in terms of uh, the terrain that you're going to be getting. When it comes to Far Cry 4 and Far Cry 5, really it was one-stop shop when it came to the kind of terrain you were traversing. Uh, You either had woods or you had small towns, nothing really crazy. Uh, And so with Far Cry 5, maybe something a bit different different, especially considering the open nature of the game itself with paragliders and with skydiving. Uh, There's so much you can do uh, in terms of verticality in the world of Far Cry, and who knows, Far Cry 6 could take things to the next level thanks to the power of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. One cool thing that's worth mentioning, uh, you do get the free upgrade if you are playing on PlayStation, and you can go ahead and assume that same policy is going to be applied to the Xbox and the, or I should say the Xbox One and the Xbox Series X versions of Far Cry 6. Uh, Now, more information is going to be coming because since this leak, Ubisoft has confirmed on the official Far Cry account uh, that this is in fact legitimate, and why wouldn't it be? It was on the PlayStation Store. I want to make that very clear. This is completely and totally real. Uh, But I do want to talk about some hypotheses because is Diego in Far Cry 6 meant to be a young Voss from Far Cry 3? As you can see here pointed out by some sleuths on Twitter, it looks like you have the same exact scar on the same exact eyebrow for both Voss and Diego. So is Diego a young Voss? 
I think so. I think I'm going to go ahead and buy into this. Now, it is worth mentioning the scar is not prominent from what I have read in Far Cry 3. I have not gone back to look for myself, uh, but this would make complete and total sense because of the location and also because fans have a very deep connection to Far Cry 3. Uh, for many, it is their favorite in the series, and to be able to not directly return to Far Cry 3 with Voss, uh, but to be able to provide context and make somewhat of a prequel in a way, I think that makes a fantastic story, which also sets up the timeline. Uh, so if Far Cry 3 came out around 2013 or 14, if I remember correctly, uh, that would mean that this game is roughly set in the late 90s. Uh, so you might, and again, this is all me just hypothesizing, uh, see a lot to do with the cocaine trade. You might get into drug dealers. You might get into that style of aesthetic, that kind of uh, transporting drugs from one portion of the tropics to somewhere in North America, that situation, uh, that is a vibe that I could certainly uh, get into. I love that setting, that time period, very interesting. And again, I'm just basing that off of the age of Voss. This could all be, again, completely incorrect, but that seems like a very specific scar to give to uh, characters within the world of Far Cry without there being some kind of connection. I'm just saying, seems like more than just a happenstance. Exciting stuff. But moving on to a follow-up from a story we talked about earlier in the week, Tencent has entered exclusive talks to acquire Warframe parent company Leiu. This could be massive. Today, holding company Leiu announced that it has entered into exclusive talks with mega conglomerate Tencent to be acquired. The announcement was made shortly after stock ceased trading. As part of this discussion, Leiu will not be entering, excuse me, entertaining any other bidders at the current time and is talking solely with Tencent Mobility Limited, a subsidiary of Tencent. A short while ago, reports indicated that Sony was potentially preparing a bid to purchase Hong Kong-based Leiu. Leiu owns multiple game development studios, including Digital Extremes, the developers of Warframe, as well as Splash Damage, who most recently developed Gears Tactics. Leiu also owns publisher Athlon Games, as well as studios Kingmaker and Radiance Games, and Leiu also holds a 20% stake in Certain Affinity. At this time, it appears that Sony has been outbid, though it is worth pointing out that these are exclusive discussions and an agreement for Leiu being acquired by Tencent, and they may not be reached. In 2019, Sony acquired Insomnia Games for $229 million, a purchase that was mainly made in cash. Sony also just invested $250 million into Epic Games, acquiring a very small minority stake. If Sony had won the bid for Leiu, it could have integrated the new teams into Sony Worldwide Studios. And meanwhile, Tencent has invested in countless studios and publishers, acquiring majority and minority stakes in companies like Platinum Games. Uh, now, this story also points out a tidbit that I did not touch on earlier in the week. Uh, Sony has invested a very large chunk of change, $250 million, into Epic Games, which deepens the partnership between Sony and the team at uh, Epic, creating the Unreal Engine. Now, it is worth, again, reminding you that Unreal Engine 5 was highlighted on PlayStation 5 tech, uh, so that does signify that there's going to be a deeper collaboration uh, between the two entities, and I think you could be seeing many more PlayStation exclusives running on Unreal Engine 5. Uh, but, 
Specifically in regards to this story, Tencent just continues to grow larger and larger. I am somewhat disappointed, though I am not surprised, because Tencent can throw around money that no other company can really compete with. Uh, Epic has a lot of cash, and you see them throwing it around in various ways, uh, but Tencent is going on a buying spree. In the same way that THQ Nordic buys up all these small little studios, uh, Tencent comes in and buys these giant companies uh, like Again, Leu, the creators, or excuse me, the owners of companies like Digital Extremes and more. So exciting times for Tencent, but a little bit worrisome. I'm not a big fan of monopolization, uh, which seems to be kind of what is happening. You were starting to get uh, a little bit too cocky with the amount of people and amount of teams you have behind the scenes at Tencent. But moving on. Later this month, you are going to be getting Crisis Remastered on the Nintendo Switch, while the other versions have been delayed. Developer Crytek has confirmed Crisis Remastered will still be heading to Switch on the 23rd of July, despite previously announcing a delay for all versions of its enhanced first-person shooter. Crisis Remastered made its unofficial debut at the end of June, appearing in a leaked trailer that was hastily deconstructed by fans eager to see improvements Crytek might have in store. The response, it's fair to say, was largely one of disappointment, and the developer responded quickly, announcing the game would no longer launch on the 23rd of July, as originally planned. Quote, we have seen all the reactions, the good and the bad, and we are listening, the studio wrote, explaining Crisis Remastered would now be delayed on all platforms by a few weeks. This, it said, would enable it to get the experience up to the PC and console breaking standard you have come to expect from PC games. In a new tweet, however, Crytek has announced the Switch version of Crisis Remastered, which, according to the game's official site, will feature the likes of dynamic lighting, gyro aiming, destructible environments, and vegetation blending, will still arrive on the 23rd of July. It has not offered additional word on why Crisis Remastered Switch version is no longer affected by the delay, or provided more news of the PC, Xbox One, and PS4 versions of the game, but says to watch this space for further updates. Uh, I would go ahead and go out on a limb and say that the Switch version won't look as good and it probably won't run as well as those PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and PC versions because the Switch is less powerful. It's much easier to create uh, a Crisis game running on the Switch because you don't really have to worry about it looking perfect and pristine. Uh, you can just make something that looks good on the Switch and runs well, which again is uh, pretty much what we saw. I think that you were going to be getting a game that looks very much so like the trailer that we originally saw on the Nintendo Switch, and then a version of the game that is greatly improved on the PS4, the Xbox One, and the PC, if these extra few weeks are going to be put to good use. But if you were looking forward to playing Crisis Remastered on the Switch, congrats, it's coming out in just a couple of days in the big grand scheme of things on July the 23rd. Now, the saga of Amazon is continuing because they have delayed their MMO, New World, to 2021, a game that was supposed to be released next month. Amazon Game Studios announced on Friday it is delaying its massively multiplayer online game, New World, to spring 2021. It's the second delay for New World this year. In April, Amazon pushed the game back from its original May launch window to August the 25th. Rich Lawrence, studio director at Amazon Game Studios, said the developer delayed New World to 2021 based on player feedback and the team's desire to create additional late-game content for the MMO. When we examined the feedback we received over the last several months from our alpha audience, we saw that players liked the game and that they would like to see even more of it, Lawrence said. 
In particular, we want to ensure that the most dedicated players have plenty of middle and end-game experiences as they venture through Arternum? I suppose that's the name of the place. Uh, we want our players to feel completely immersed in the game and know that our studio stands for quality and lasting gameplay you can trust, and that means added time to get things where we want them before we fully release. As a result, we will be changing our launch date and correspondingly our final beta test to Spring 2021. We don't make the decision lightly and we have urgency about getting the game to you as quickly as possible at the best quality with some additions that will make the experience even better. News of New Worlds delay comes shortly after a major release change to Amazon Game Studios' MOBA-style shooter Crucible. After releasing Crucible to the public in May, developer Relentless Studios announced the game was being put back into closed beta. Amazon also struggled to find success with its multiplayer fantasy brawler Breakaway, which the company canceled in 2018 after an attempted overhaul of the project. This is something that I can't really read that well. My gut instinct is that Amazon Game Studios is floundering and can't get a grip on reality. They seem to not be able to put out a product, uh, and that's very dangerous in a world that is so ready to move on as soon as a project uh, shows signs of wear. And as soon as uh, something gets a bad taste in players' mouths, people completely dump it off nine times out of ten. Even looking to giant experiences like Fallout 76, there is a dedicated player base, but even a name like Fallout can't bring this game to the success of its dedicated single-player experiences. Uh, so when it comes to Amazon Game Studios' new world, the statement made uh, certainly lends itself to the feeling that they want to make this game perfect. <clears throat> excuse me, and they want to make it uh, an MMO that stands out from the rest. But making an MMO is incredibly difficult because players go into MMOs expecting to spend thousands of hours minimally uh, getting lost in the world. I mean, you look at some of the best MMOs of all time, and World of Warcraft is the first one that comes to mind. Uh, on top of that, you have a more recent example of success, which is Elder Scrolls Online. Now, it's seen its ups and its downs, but there is so much to do in the world of Elder Scrolls uh, that it seems to have won players over, especially those hardcore fans. Uh, now, Amazon doesn't have the luxury of having a well-known, recognizable name, like World of Warcraft or like Elder Scrolls. Uh, it has New World, which is something that's totally new and if it is executed properly and the gameplay loop is satisfying uh, then it could find success but that again is an incredibly difficult balance to hit uh, and it's not an easy equation to figure out especially uh, when it comes to what is going to really hit players in the heart and really get people invested in this world uh, so we'll see what happens in 2021 and of course the beta is probably going to be coming out sometime this winter uh, so stay tuned for that and i will let you know when all of this stuff goes live right here on the jam pack report now, to round out today's show, we are heading over to VentureBeat, which reads, CD Projekt Red has no Game Pass plans excuse me, for Cyberpunk 2077. Of course, Game Pass referring to Xbox Game Pass, the PC and console service that for a low monthly fee allows you to have access to a constantly updated roster of new games to play. Cyberpunk 2077 is one of the biggest games coming this year for consoles and PC, but one player is not headed to anytime soon. Excuse me, one platform it's not headed to anytime soon is Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass. That's according to developer CD Projekt Red lead PR boss Ronnie Grabowski. During a conversation on Twitter, I used Cyberpunk 2077 as an example of a big-name game that Microsoft could potentially try to get on Game Pass soon after release. That prompted a reply from Grabowski. 
Quote, you have to pick another example, Jeff reads his message. No Game Pass plans for Cyberpunk 2077. This is not surprising, reads the article Adventure Beat, and I wanted to bring this up uh, because this blows my mind that people believe that any time in the next three years would Cyberpunk 2077 come to Game Pass. Uh, now, the logic here is that The Witcher 3 came to Game Pass, so why wouldn't Cyberpunk 2077? Do you understand how important this game is in the grand scheme of 2020? Do you know how many people are going to be buying this game? To bring it to Game Pass would be a huge boon to Microsoft, and it would propel Game Pass to new heights uh, that are never before seen. But why would they do that? The team at CD Projekt Red is player friendly, but they're not that player friendly. You are losing out on tons of cash uh, because anybody that is invested enough in gaming to warrant purchasing Game Pass every month has like at least a 70% probability of buying Cyberpunk 2077 on day one. So why would they take a smaller cut of each time somebody installs uh, Cyberpunk 2077 on Game Pass and, and uh, accept a contract deal whenever they could just get 60 bucks a pop that is divided, of course, many different ways, but ultimately the most bang for their buck and the most reward for their hard-earned work uh, by just selling the game normally. I don't know, that blew my mind. So don't expect this on Game Pass anytime soon. You might be getting it in like 2025. Maybe that would make sense. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but uh, certainly not going to be coming in 2020 or 2021 or 2022. Probably not even 2023. Uh, but that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed this one, drop me a like down below and let me know what stories caught your eye from today's show. What do you think about Far Cry 6? Are you looking forward to Ubisoft Forward this Sunday? Would love to see your thoughts in the comment section down below. But as always, thank you guys for taking time to check out this show. I'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode. And of course, the drop comes out on Sunday, letting you guys know what new games are coming out next week. And I'll give you a hint. It's headliner, Ghost of Tsushima. But until next time, you guys have a good one and peace.